On the Jacob Beer Show today, I am so happy to have Daenerys McCants. Did I say correct? Daenerian. Daenerian McCants on my show today. He's a former NFL player. Before we get started, I just I just got to give a quick shout out to Brew 52 in New Palestine, Indiana, as they are sponsoring our show for the next few months in this episode. I had their mac and cheese the other week. It's really wonderful. So after practice or after school, stop on by Brew 52 and get some good goodies there. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. And yourself? Pretty good. Good deal. Where are you calling in from today? I currently live in Virginia. Virginia. Right on. Is it McLean, if I'm correct? Um, I'm actually in Nashburn, so I'm I'm Nashburn. still down the street from uh, Redskin Pup, oh, the Washington <laughs> football team. Which they'll be having their new team reveal, I believe, in about a month, if I'm correct on that. I heard it got leaked. I'm not sure how true it is, though. <laughs> um, so, for some of our guys who might not know who you are, who are you? Uh, you have a very inspiring story. Who am I? Yes, Ooh, that's, a, that's a loaded question, man. I'm, I'm a lot of people. <laughs> you also did some music work, too, as well, I saw. So, yes, yes. Um, who am I? Um, I am Dr. McCants. Uh, I, by way of Baltimore City, grew up in Howard County, Maryland. Uh, for those, I guess, I guess y'all can be considered Midwest. Is that what it's considered? Um, so you probably wouldn't get too much of my information. But um, in the Northeast region, I'm, I'm, pr- I'm pretty, I'm a, I'm a stud. um i was uh went to delaware state university which is the hbcu historically black university i was drafted fifth round from out of delaware state university i played five years in the nfl uh four for the washington football team and one with the philadelphia eagles uh from that i started my own job um in personal training and i am currently a teacher as of the last three years and I'm still coaching and training. Um, in between time, in the meantime, I've done photography. I'm a natural born artist. So my, my, my degree is in art. Um, I have two albums on iTunes. I have a foundation called the Finding Me Foundation that's geared towards literacy. Um, I have a wife and two children. That's who I am. Right on. Um, so let's go from the beginning. What got you into football as a young person? Well, got me. I'm a competitive man. Like uh, when we came up, that's what you did. Like that was it was fun. It wasn't you know, we didn't have the games. We had Nintendo, Atari, Sega Genesis, but you didn't play it for long because nine times the Nintendo game overheat and you had to go outside anyway. (laughs) So, um, you know, we played outside. I'm an outdoors kid. Even today, I don't I'm really not big on television. Um, I'm really not big. You know, I'm big on reading and just athletics. Like that's what I generally do. I haven't changed much. Um, but to get into football, my friends played. So, you know, we played street ball, street football, street basketball, um, street soccer, anything, you know, just to keep moving, dodgeball, baseball, softball. Um, but then eventually, you know, my freshman year, you know, my boys were playing. It was like, hey, everybody plays football. So we play football. And, um, you know, I played two years of JV, um, one year of varsity, and uh, ended up walking on to Delaware State University. Did you ever think that you would go from being a walk-on to one day playing in the pros. No, it wasn't my plan. It um, wasn't your plan. No, sir. Oh. Uh, pro pro sports was never ideal. My my ideal was to get a degree and become a teacher. Like that was my idea. I wanted to play college basketball, um, but 
what took me to the next level was my mindset, my work ethic and consistency. So I don't like losing. So whatever's in my nature or in my spirit, I don't like losing no matter what it is. Um, it's very frustrating. I don't like the feeling um, to be called loser or sorry or not good enough. Um, so I think my work ethic and my consistency in my work ethic, uh, you know, when you train to be the best, you end up being the best. So what was it like at Delaware State? Um, of course, they are, um, they're not D1, but they like, what are they again? Excuse me, I'm sorry. What What do you mean? What like, are uh, what division are they? It's a, it's a D1. It's D1, but it was, it's FC, it's FC. FCS. So FCS. generally with the historically black colleges, we're in the FCF division, um, it, which is still division one, but it's smaller uh, and less resources. Interesting. And there's been a lot of grades that have actually came out of Delaware State University. I checked your guys' notable alumni. Um, it's a good college. I read good things about it. What would, what would you say your time was like at Delaware State playing on the football team? Do you remember any key upsets that you had that you'll never forget? Um, what was it like? It was the way I grew up. Uh, so, you know, generally some people, you know, everybody has a different path. Um, I think, you know, at being at Delaware State, one, I got to be around my culture and it was a growth period. So between 17 to 21, it was a major growth period as a young man, um, being around people who walked and talked like me. And, and then, of course, those experiences um, that you get that I may have not gotten at another school. Um, and then far as football, you know, dealing with those hardships, I think, make you tougher. So, you know, when you go through tough situations, make you tough, it makes you a stronger person, in my opinion, versus if I was in a nice, comfortable setting and all with everything was taken care of. You don't know how to deal with adversity um, when you see it. And the reality, our world is adverse, no matter what which way you walk, there's going to be some adversity. And if you don't know how to deal with it. Generally, it, you know, the adversity will beat you up. That's right on. Um, what was it like after you were playing football and your career was done at Delaware State? How did you go pro then from there? Um, so, like I said, it was fun. Uh, like, you, you, like I said, it's, it's, it's almost like it's a brotherhood, you know, like any kind of being on any kind of team for those who have been on teams. It's a different kind of bond that you really don't get with, I guess, the average person. And it's hard for me to say that because I've never really been average in a lot of situations because I've always been around sports. I've always performed at a high level. So it kind of takes you in a different mindset and a different space. Um, but it was just, I just wanted to be the best. I worked hard. I got to a point where I just felt I couldn't be stopped and I didn't want to be stopped. So I'm like, if you give me the ball, we're going to win. Um, and that's what happened. So the coach, my senior year, he threw me the ball and we won. Um, it was only two teams I didn't beat while I was there. And that still sits with me. But besides that, you know, I had two games where I had five touchdowns. I broke uh, records, uh, NCAA records, as well as HBC records. I broke records all across the board. Um, that's what got me drafted. And I just got to ask real quick. I know sometimes uh, the FBS or FCS teams, they play a D1 team like they'll play Boston College or something like that. Did you guys ever play any of those teams in the ACC? Uh, or No, we, we uh, I think some of the biggest schools we played were, I think the biggest school I played was Hofstra. Um, and, you know, and, and people don't understand the real difference is tackle to tackle. So when you get a kid that's 5'10", 300 pounds versus a kid that's 6'6", 300 pounds, you're dealing with a different animal. 
Um, and that's the major difference. Uh, so, you know, when it comes to a skill set, wide receivers, DBs, running backs, quarterbacks, I think most of the time guys can play on just about any level, but it's really those uh, tackle to tackle, tackle guard centers. When those guys, are, you know, the size of bears and they can play football, you know, it's, it's, it changes the game. And generally when you play those bigger schools, you don't get those, those big, uh, those big guys in the middle. So that makes the game easy. The, the game is won and lost at the line of scrimmage. And what was it like after you got drafted? Uh, for me, uh, my life didn't change much. Uh, I still, you know, I didn't change much. I, I got drafted in the area I grew up. So I had to be me. I couldn't be somebody else. You know, like sometimes when people travel or go different places, they can be who they think they want to be or, you know, try to mold themselves to what they think they should be, you know, being an NFL player and making money. I was always little Nario. So I was the kid that was around the corner. I hung with my friends that, you know, so I didn't really hang with the football football team because most of those guys are from down south and around the country. And my friends were down the street. My family was down the street. So there was no need for me to change too much. Uh, my bank account changed. That was pretty much it. Uh, but my first three years, I had a Volvo, lived in an apartment. Um, it wasn't until I got my second check, uh, my second contract that I bought a house and uh, bought a bigger car. Um, so I guess, I did, you know, they called me smart, frugal and all this other good stuff. But it was just logical. I didn't want much. I got everything I wanted. I bought a house, bought a car. What else did I need? Right on. Which that's a big thing because, of course, a lot of people, I think it's 25 or 30 percent end up going broke. Uh, but with your example right there, anyone who's going to be listening to this, if you ever go pro in a sport, take his advice that he just said right there by saving up. Um, another quick thing. What was the most memorable game that you had in the NFL? Of course, you were in the uh, NFC East division, Giants, Eagles. That's when they were good. Cowboys. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, um, yesterday, I don't know if you want, I don't know if you still keep up with it, but there was a big upset in Dallas yesterday. That wasn't an upset. Dallas was terrible. The <laughs> NFC, that's what I said. The NFC East is terrible. But I'm I'm a re I'm gonna go back for a second. That when they when you say athletes go broke. Now it's a definition of what is your definition of broke? Obviously, most athletes don't make that millions of dollars that they make in the sport, but I always challenge people and especially the new generation. When are we taught about finances? Never. So, so you're, you're taking young men and you're giving them a whole bunch of money and you've never taught them what money is. So what do you really expect? If I gave Howard, uh, 16, almost All right, 17. So, All right. So let's say you're 17. If you're 17 and I gave you a million dollars without you having information of money, what would you do with it? Uh, I'd probably <laughs> spend it on some nice stuff and go right. to space and pay for a you're, Blue Origin ticket to you're, space. You're, you're going to spend it on things that you want to have, that you always wanted. And most of these kids are coming from impoverished situations. So a lot of them are single parents, single, you know, single mothers. So I've never been taught money. I've never had a father or a father figure, maybe. Um, and now you've given me $100,000. And what do you expect? Because nobody, even within that space, nobody talks about all the men that are around you who understand money, who actually rob these kids. Nobody brings those up. You know, it's always the financial advisor that suddenly, you know, takes extra bit of money. And now that kid is, how is he going to fight? His money's now gone. 
So just just keep that in mind when they say that. Um, you know, just just remember that it's a lot of sharks that that steal from these athletes that never get noticed, even the agents and some of the people that are around them. And then you have that concept of when, like I said, when you're coming from a situation, people feel that they have to bring everybody with them and take care of so many people. And that's really impossible. Um, you know, so just just keep that in mind, like moving forward. When are you taught finances? When never. are you taught taxes? Right. When are you taught how to pay your bills, when to pay your bills? It's like, okay, now I got a job and I'm supposed to just notice stuff or now I'm 18. I'm just supposed to notice stuff. No. You know, and if you've never been in a situation or had the parenting to say, okay, you need to pay your bills. This this is when the taxes do. You need to get a CPA. You need to get a lawyer. You, You know. All that stuff protects you. It costs money, but it protects you. And then at the end of the day, you get to keep your money. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good long-term investment. Yeah, uh, definitely, definitely. Because if you live to be 40, 50, 60, you know, and then you look back and like, hey, man, I blew $100 million. That hurt. <laughs> 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 but to answer your question going forward, um, as far as my most memorable game, um, I got a couple. Uh, my first game uh, in Osaka, Japan, it was a preseason game. Had a pretty good game, uh, two touchdowns um, during that. You know, we went to Japan. Uh, my first touchdown was versus Indianapolis. Uh, Shane Matthews threw me a post route, scored a touchdown. Uh, at Lucas, we sent- or no, RCIE Dome is where that what a game would have been at. Yeah. Um, and then the last one probably be when we beat Dallas. And uh, I got the game ball, and we sent Daryl Green home. Uh, his last game against Wash against Dallas with a win. So that is what I remember. That's probably some of my most memorable games. And um, what would you say? Of course, the game of football has changed a little bit. Um, where do you see the game of football going in the future? You're a coach still. What what differences do you see in the next decade or so compared to when you were playing football 20 years ago, 15, 20 um, years ago? Like I say, the the goal is obviously to make it safer. Um, now where it's going, that's that's tough, because if if I want to be sarcastic about it, it's going to tag football. <laughs> that's, that's that's the way it's looking. Like if you touch somebody, you're down. Um, but the reality of it is that the, the athletes have gotten bigger, faster, and more talented. So you have to kind of find more ways to protect these athletes um, because, you know, the body is getting bigger and faster and stronger, but the head is still the same size. So um, I think it's going in the right direction. Um, you know, just trying to protect athletes body parts, because at the end of the day, you have to live, you know, most people aren't going to play until 40 years old. Most people would only make it two and three years, but within those two or three years, it's a lot of damage because of wear and tear in the body. Um, so, you know, you hurt yourself at 20, 25. Okay. You're good. Then at 35, you feel it. Then at 45, you feel it. And then at 55, if you make it that far, you really feel it. So nobody talks about, once again, that long-term effect. I don't think we get more in the, more in the thought process of like, okay, okay. You made all this money at 20, 21. Are you going to live to see 50 and 60? And then how, what quantity, what kind of quality of living do you want to have? Absolutely. And of course, the difference is depends. I mean, if you're a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, he's like worth $500 million. You know, man got a nine year, $450 million deal where other people, you know, the average is, I think, a million and a half or so. You know, you do that for three or four years, like you said. 
six million after taxes, you know, it burns through quickly if you don't have a good lawyer and all those things like you just said. Oh yeah. Well, let's once let's let's talk about it. So once again, when you're making that money, the government has the right to take 40%. That that's just the government. And then you still have to live. So so if you say it's a million dollars, you know, take away 40% of that. And then what you have. And then of course you have other taxes, you have your agents, you have the people, you know, like I said, you have the people around you that you have to pay because your job is to play sports. You know, their job is to handle certain things. And then sometimes it's tough, especially like I said, being a, a young person, not knowing certain things on how to handle and maneuver and manage certain things. So then that's what ends up happening to a lot of people. See in the eighties in the seventies, it was grown men playing. It was men over 30. They probably didn't play as fast or aggressive, but now today, you got kids coming 18, 19 years old to play professional sports. And once again, if you hand an 18, 19 year old that amount of money, what do you expect them to do with it? And then of course, do they have the, the mind capacity or the life you know, experiences to say, all right, I need you to do this. I need this to happen. I need this to happen. Cause they haven't been enough through enough information. You know, people can still manipulate people. You know, if I'm 40 something years old, I can tell you certain things and you may look at me and admire me and I'm, you think I'm telling you the right thing, but I'm really making a move for my benefit and not yours. Interesting. And a quick question I just have, um, I don't know how much of you still followed NFL a lot or not, but who do you think's going to win the, who do you think's going to make it to the Super Bowl this year? The Super Bowl, um, it, hey, like I said, the world has changed. The AFC is now, uh, has taken over. Um, so who, who's in the playoffs right now? Who, who's left? I think for, uh, 49ers won, right? Yep, 49ers, the Chiefs. The Chiefs. Uh, who Monday, there's a Monday night game tonight. The Bengals beat the Raiders. Yeah, that's how I knew it was going to snow. The Bengals won. I knew something wasn't wrong with something's not right with Earth. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Andy Reid, and Andy is a uh, he's a champion. He knows how to win. And then you know Mahomes is on. If he's firing and his team is firing, I will go with the Chiefs. Chiefs. And one last question: Who do you think is probably in, who is the best player? or the best quarterback that you saw in the entire NFL during your career, who would you say that person probably was, or who would you say, actually, uh, this is probably a better question. Who would you say was the hardest person who you had as a defensive or cornerback guarding you as you were a wide receiver? Who would you say? <laughs> that's, that's a lot of questions, man. That's a lot of loaded questions. Um, I can say some of the best quarterbacks that I just watched. Um, Brett Favre was one of them. Just like he was just sling the ball. Um, Donovan McNabb, uh, would probably be up there as well. Um, just like I said, just how they controlled the ball, obviously Peyton Manning. Um, and then obviously the GOAT, he, he was, I think he was either drafted before me or after me, the year after me. Um, uh, so, you know, those would be the ones who stand out right now. Oh, Michael Vick, cause Michael Vick rookie year. Oh my goodness. That was terror. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think for all the old heads that, uh, you know, Big Ben and Roethlisberger. Uh, Rothy, he, he didn't impress me much. Um, you know, like I said, so you got to understand with football, sometimes it could be scheme. Sometimes it could be the players around you. But like I said, as far as just talent and things that stood out in my mind, Michael Vick, Donovan McNabb, Peyton, and Tom Bob Brady. would be the Yeah, and Brady would be the first ones. And even with Brady, Brady was just, he, he was like a doctor. He just took his time and sliced you up. 
And you know what I'd say wasn't impressive until the end. Like, did you realize what he just did? <laughs> you know, it wasn't any big plays. It was always like enough to win. And you know, like I said, that consistency. Um, and then far as DBs, first two off off the top of my head would be Ed Reed. I didn't have to see him much, but Ed Reed and uh, Chris McAllister, they used to irk the mess out of me um, because that was always the battle of the belt beltway. Um, those would be the first two. And then it'd be Darren uh, Woodson, who played for the Cowboys. He hit me one time. My whole right side stopped working. Um, uh, who else? Uh, the Flea. I couldn't stand him. Uh, Lito Shepard up in uh, Philadelphia. And then, of course, my guy, Champ. He was on my team at the time. But uh, Champ Bailey had to go against him three years. You know, as, you know, he, he helped develop me a lot. Wow. And one final question. Uh, what would you say was the hardest stadium to play at? I'm going to just, I don't know, but I'm going to say AT&T Stadium. Um, the hardest stadium. See, for me, I, I don't see, I didn't, I know I've never seen the surroundings. Um, the field is a hundred yards, 110, 120 yards, right? 52 yards across. So for me, it was always within the lines. I, I never heard the crowd until either I was on the sideline or I didn't play that game. Um, the one that I remember where it was just ridiculous was at Green Bay, where it was so cold, people walking around half naked, and it was so loud that you couldn't hear yourself talk. And I was like, I've never been in that environment, but I think that was one of the games I didn't play. So I was very aware of what was going on. But generally, when I played, I never really heard the crowd. Uh, I never really paid attention to what people said. Um, I was always focused on, you know, locked in on what I needed to do for, the, for that day. Interesting. Well, thank you so much for coming on the Jacob Viewer Show. Thank you for having me, sir.